Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The best position of a bed is being able to have the back to the wall and be able to face and see the doorway. You don't want to be right in the doorway because that energy while you're sleeping is too much. It's very disturbing. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have feng shui expert Kate McKinnon. In this conversation, Kate shares how we can use feng shui in our bedrooms to create the most supportive spaces for our health and well-being. She believes that the bedroom is one of the most important rooms in our house, a sacred space where we can go to recharge. So how we set it up is important. We talk about the ideal placement of the bed, the one color she does not recommend, ways to create a feeling of balance, and much more. Kate says that when she was younger, she originally wanted to go into interior design, yet she took a detour into a corporate career in banking. However, in 1999, she felt something was missing and did the artist's way and connected with the question, when you were seven years old, what did you think about before going to sleep at night? She remembered that she loved rearranging people's homes and buying furniture for her best friend's dollhouse. When feng shui was introduced to her on a business trip to Hong Kong, she decided to study it. She's been a feng shui consultant for 21 years and now has her own business called Everyday Feng Shui. If you've wondered about feng shui, what it is and how it works, and especially how you can use it in your bedroom, listen to this episode. Oh, and one fun note is that before we started recording, we discovered that we're both from the same hometown, West Hartford, Connecticut. It's a small world. So let's welcome our guest, feng shui expert Kate McKinnon. Let's first talk about the definition of feng shui. How do you describe it to people? How do you talk about what it is, how it works, and how you believe spaces can benefit from it? 
Yeah. You know, most people have heard of feng shui and they have some notion and they'll be like, oh, you know, uh, puts the toilet seat down, you know, what position you face, where your bed's supposed to be and that kind of thing. You know, I always describe what it is, which is the ancient Chinese art and science of creating balance and flow in our space. It literally means wind water, which is the life force energy. Balance flow is life force energy. So we're talking about how do we take that life force energy and bring it into our space and create that balance and flow. And I always like to go back to what it was originally used for, because then people kind of get that there's like this very concrete aspect of feng shui, whatever they think. And it was used to 5,000 years ago to identify the best places for homes and farms. So it was like picking, you know, where is the best light? Where is the best water? And it's all the things to sustain and support life. Mm. So in a very concrete way, it sounds very sort of out there, but it's actually taking those very principles and bringing them into our spaces, whether it's our home, whether it's office, you know, a room, you know, even though we're thinking about it in terms of how things are arranged, there's the inner feng shui. And so the feng shui goes so much deeper than people realize, which is gets into the work that I do, which is that our choices are reflected in our environment. So what's going on internally gets reflected in our environment. And Carl Jung said this about our homes are a symbolic mirror of our internal emotions and unconscious wishes, right? So there's this underlying aspects. So if you think about it from an energy perspective, it's like whatever's going on here determines what I'm choosing out there. If things are out of balance in your external environment, if you adjust it to balance your external environment, you get adjusted internally. We have tools that we use, you know, it's called a bagua compass to overlay people's space. And so we follow certain principles and guidelines. And then based on what people are telling me and what the floor plan is, and there's all this level of information by aligning the energy in their external environment, they become aligned. And ultimately, they become aligned with who they really are. Mm. And I always get chills when I say that the transformation is amazing, right? Like when people really get it, like I can see it happening, but there will be a moment when they've made that transition into who they really are. And it's really powerful. So I love the external aspect, but I'm also very much about the internal. One. It's so fascinating. Let's talk about the bedroom. I wanted to get specific with you about this because, as we all know, sleep is so important to us, and so our bedrooms are super important to us. And I'd love to talk about some general feng shui ideas for the bedroom, and then also I have a few specific situations I wanted to throw out to you. So, you know, the general ways of using design with feng shui in the bedroom, I'd love to hear about first, like, because I hear about the placement of the bed is important. I hear about um, perhaps paint colors to use, what to keep on your bedside table, or what not to keep on your bedside table, maybe even textures, you know, some simple, easy takeaways that people could, could try in their bedroom. Yeah, well, I always like to preface it too that you're absolutely right. You know, feng shui ultimately is about health. And we mm. say without health, you have nothing. And so, how energy enters your space is important. I always say bedroom is probably the most important room because it is the place of rest and restoration, mm. right? And I always say it's where you go and you get restored so you can go 
get ready and go back out into the world, right? Like right. I think of our homes as, as an oasis, a sacred space where we come and we can get recharged. So yeah, the bedroom is very, very important. Again, going back to the basic principles of feng shui, you know, balance and flow, the principles that I'm talking about are creating balance and balance in that, like you say, you know, the position of the bed, people talk about it, it is very important. And there's a fundamental principle that we use in feng shui for a lot of things. It's called the command position. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, the idea, and again, it comes back to protection and safety, you know, from 5,000 years ago, it's like wanting to sort of, you can see your enemies coming, you don't want to have them coming behind you, right? So the idea is that your bed position in your room, you want it to be, first of all, have a headboard, by the way, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about position. I want to talk about the specifics of the bed. Yeah. You want your bed with a sort of the head against a wall, like a solid wall, not a window. Mm. And the best position of a bed is being able to have the back to the wall and be able to face and see the doorway. You don't want to be right in the doorway because that energy while you're sleeping is too much. Mm. It's too much. Mm -hmm. It's very disturbing. But those are the ideal principles. And the idea is you're getting support from the wall, right? Mm. And you're also protected from, you know, you can see people coming in. And then the placement of that is that, you know, the bed itself we recommend a solid bed. Like a lot of people get like bed frames and then they put a headboard against the wall. It's not connected. We don't recommend that. We want solid bed. Like you have a bed that you get in, you're solid, you're protected, right? Yeah. It's like, you think about it, your bed has your back. Like the headboard is your back. I love the analogies, right? Or the metaphors, like your bed has your back. The universe has your back. Mm -hmm. It gives you a much more solid sleep than if you're got this wobbly bed frame that's not even connected to the headboard. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. a lot of this makes sense. And say wood instead of metal, because metal conducts electromagnetic energy, which affects your sleep, right? Yes, yes. Even if we're not aware, like, you'll just be like, I had a hard time sleeping last night. I'm wondering what's going on. And there's these things in your environment. Yeah. Right? So, right. And so that's really important. The footboard, less important than the headboards, solid connected. And that the balance is, you were sort of talking about like side tables. Yes. This then becomes more about, you know, a lot of times people associate bedrooms, not just with sleeping, but with love, right? And yes. like intimacy relations. So I always say it's rest, restoration and intimacy, right? Yeah. That's what our bedroom's about. Right. So the balance then is whether you have a partner or you want a partner, the idea is you're you're creating in your environment a balanced environment because you want to partner where there's balance. Uh, I have an example of a very dear friend of mine who married a guy who's like, you know, it's like twice as tall as she is and he's got a big personality. And she doesn't have such a big personality. When I worked with her, he had this floor lamp and she had this tiny little lamp on the <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. said, you guys need to get the same lamps, yeah. you know, same size, like matching. So people think it's like decorating matchy-matchy, but it's more about balance. So yeah. I would say... It's beautiful if you want to have it match. And, you know, I try to do that. But if you have pieces that are like size mm. and are balanced and they work, you can do that, right? In lamps, the idea is sort of not being too big or too small or too much. And these things, even if you're not aware when you're in a room, you look and go, oh, that just feels so good, yeah, right? It's yeah, inviting, yeah. it's balanced. And so we look at things like that. 
So there's that balance. And then we say, what do you put on your bedside tables? Like I look at what books people have on their bedside tables. You know, this is my new thing, by the way. My husband and I like reading at night and we, we often read, <laughs> it's a little very personal, but he asked me years ago to read to him. Okay. And I started reading. Yeah. And so I read out loud every night before we go to bed and we share. And we realized like, you know, we read Grant, <laughs> we read yes. Hamilton, you know, yeah. Springsteen. And then we finally, one day we were like, we were reading something and we said, you know, we should really write something gentler, right? Like before you go to sleep. So we've been reading like these really great children's books, right? Like, and oh. they, there's this new thing. There's this new stuff, information out there. Like they recommend reading children's books before you've been instead of like reading stuff that like leaves you jarred or jangled. Yeah. Like a Dr. Seuss tale or? Yeah, or like Wind in the Willows. Okay. We're always searching. Yeah. And so we've been having books recommended to us. Yeah. So but the point is that like on your bedside table, like I love books and I love to read before I go to bed, but I'm yeah. choosing books that are meditative, you know, gentle, you know, are not harsh. And so the other aspect is we don't bring work into your bedroom. A hundred percent. Well, that was a whole other aspect of my career over the past two years. I helped a lot of people virtually yeah. uh, with COVID because they, you know, the whole families were home and people were having to use their bedrooms. And how do you do that? And it's like in feng shui, you say you got to separate your rest, restoration and intimacy from work and all electronics out of your room because again it's electromagnetic energy and yes right so it's very feng shui it's like you don't want the lights you know you don't want the electronic energy i'm guilty as anybody wanting to have my phone nearby but i like have it on my bureau away from my bed okay so the idea is you're kind of keeping it as a sacred space for your health and well-being okay which is really powerful yeah what if someone is like i absolutely must have my phone by my bedside and a digital alarm clock. What do you say to them? Do you say, well, put these crystals or flowers around it? Or do you say, no? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty much no. Yeah. You yeah, know, okay. I always say to people, you know, I make these suggestions because if you're looking for results, these are the things that will help you. Mm -hmm. So if you want the results, that's actually how I frame it. Yeah. And I always say there are very few things I say no to, but when I say no, I really mean no. Yeah. The people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. So the other big culprit is the television. Yeah. So no TV in the bedroom. People are so attached to their TV, but TV is one of the biggest offenders like in relationships people think oh we watch movies together it's like this is really great first of all you got the electromagnetic energy of the screen if it's mm. plugged in right but it's also like in terms of intimacy it's even though it's like oh we're watching movies together like occasionally but it's like you're sort of missing that time together yeah in bed right you know and again i'm talking about people who are together but even for people who are single Part of it is if you want to bring a partner in to rethink about how you use your room, not as the place where you go, you hang out, you do your work, you watch your TV and that it's everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, right. it's a place to come and sort of have this restoration without all those other influences and kind of downtime, right? So these are all ways how our environment affects us. So we're mm. creating an environment that supports us. Yeah. Do you have any colors that you suggest people use or colors you suggest people steer clear of in the bedroom? So when you think about the yin and the yang, you know, like underlying a lot of this is the I Ching or like this kind of Zen feeling. You want to create a yin environment, like quiet, right? And so 
yin colors are generally softer colors, just in general. I'll talk about specific colors in a minute, but it kind of things are a little toned down, not too bold, not too bright, but certainly you can bring in colors that are like accent and stuff like that. So the one color that we recommend not using is blue, which is really interesting. Hmm. And the reason for that is blue is associated with water. And so the old underlying principles, like you don't want to be sleeping in water. Part of it too is like, associating with like having to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Like there's things about water that are not conducive to sleeping, even though people love blue. Yeah. Love, love, love blues. Oh boy. Then here's my question. So why is then a water color not good for the bedroom? Is it too much flow? Like what? Yeah, it's too, it's too much. Right. I think it's like, you know, so the Bagua, we have areas of life and uh, water is in the career area. I mean, there's that aspect too, but it's very young. Okay. You think about it, like, we're not talking about still water. We're talking about young, yeah. you know, yeah. those colors associated with water okay. are young energy. Yeah. I would say it's probably in the context of feng shui, probably what makes most sense. And so that includes like, you know, even having photographs of moving water. Like it's just, hmm. it's interesting. It's just the place you don't have water. Okay. No blues, but earthy colors are good. Earthy colors are good, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times people have muted colors because they're peaceful. That's the other thing, you're creating peaceful environment. Mm. And then what happens is you can have accents. Mm. You know, sometimes people love to add colors. You can do it in your pillows or mm. throws or accents in your room yeah. to create the color. Do you like plants in a bedroom? Oh, it's such a good question. There's some confusion or I've heard people say, oh, you're not supposed to have plants. I don't know that that's really true or not. I'm not sure where that comes from. Mm. I don't think you need to have a ton of plants. But one of the things that are great about plants is that they're a natural, so we're not humidifier. <laughs> like air purifiers? Yeah, air purifier. They're a natural air purifier. Right. And like orchids are all about love, right? So I have an orchid in my room, which is a beautiful plant mm. with flowers, right? I have had plants in my bedroom, but for the most part, I kind of minimize the plants. Okay. But it's not that you can't have them. You just don't have to have a room full of plants. And for me, the ideal is like if you had a window and you could look outside and see the trees, like there are ways to bring that element in yes. without having it in your space, which is really nice too. It's like kind of the inside outside by looking out. Oh, I love that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So I actually have some specific questions I wanted to ask about the bedroom. So if someone is working on their fertility, do you have cures that you would have somebody add to the bedroom? That's such a great question because I've actually had a number of people having trouble getting pregnant and have gotten pregnant in the feng shui. And I, yeah. so I was thinking about that as recently and I thought the cures are kind of creating a peaceful, healthy environment and making sure there's nothing that's like preventing, right? Yeah. So there's always the very practical aspect, you know, reducing stress. And I want to say this about the bedroom too. Clutter is one of the number one killers of health and well-being because it creates so much stress. And stress, as we know, is one of the biggest causes of health problems. And so being able to eliminate stress, being able to create a peaceful environment, first of all, is really important. So that's really basic. And things like not having things under your bed, not having your taxes in your room. Like I'm giving like real life examples. Don't have a gun under your bed because you want security. Like you just, you want to have your room stress-free. Right. I had one woman who wanted to get pregnant and there was no physical reason so she created an altar. Oh. And so we did an altar and there's an area in feng shui and the children and creativity area. I mean, if you think about like creativity and children, they're all intertwined. And uh, she ended up getting pregnant. Ooh. So there's that aspect. But underlying that to me is we say in feng shui, intention is everything. Yes. So people set an intention, for instance, and really hold that intention that's very powerful too. And so I've had people do feng shui cures and sort of write their intention for what is it they want, actually can do it in each area of their life. For instance, this woman I remember did it for in the altar, but she also had like a red envelope. And in the red envelope, she wrote her intention and put that on the altar Mm. about what she wanted for children. Mm. And it can be like, what do you want in your life, right? You know, it's what are you sort of envisioning? Right. What about people who have a bathroom right off of their bedroom? Yeah, this is what we call the ensuite, right? With <laughs> yeah. the bedroom and yeah. the bathroom. So that always is a problem. And so there are a couple things related to that. First of all, if that's the case, you don't want to be in bed with the bathroom door in alignment with where your head is. I mean, just think about it because yeah. it's really about draining energy. You know, you're flushing, you know, waste down the toilet. I mean, there's just so much draining energy. So I always recommend keeping the bathroom door closed anyways, like keep that door contained regardless of whether it's your bedroom yeah. or, you know, other places. But the cure for that is actually to have a mirror on the outside of the door, which kind of keeps that energy in mm. the bathroom and protects you. It's like reflecting back good energy and keeping the bad energy in the bathroom. Right. And this is very feng shui, right? Like when you go to bed, yes. you don't want to lie somewhere and be able to look at the end of the bed and see 
yourself in the mirror. Okay. This feels a little old superstition, but the idea is you don't want to get up in the middle of the night and your spirit kind of wanders off in the mirror and gets lost. So oh, there's, yeah. there's that's kind of the thinking behind it's kind of out there. Okay. But um, we follow that principle anyway. Yeah. So if you're lying there in the bathroom, let's say, is where your head is because it's the only place you can have your bed. Right. And I recommend to people that they just put like a nice curtain over it, mm. sort of soften them. So you don't have to be looking at them unless you want to. Yeah. Or it makes sense because it's like you're using them when you're getting ready. But you want to be aware about where they are in relation to where you're sleeping in your head. Right. Okay. Probably the most important. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. Actually, it's fascinating. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Here's another question I have for you. So when we first moved into our house, our son was one. And at the time, we were working with someone on using feng shui in our house. And the person wanted us to have a particular bedroom, but we didn't want that bedroom. We wanted a different bedroom that was like on the street side of the house, one story street side. And so they said, if you're going to have that bedroom, then they had us draw a, a red line on our concrete floor before we added wood flooring on it, going from our son's bedroom into our bedroom. What do you make of that? Are there power positions of bedrooms with children and parents? Yes, yes, there are. Yeah. So the red line, this is always interesting to me because I hear things I've never heard. Those would be what we would call a transcendental cure. Oh. There's what we call the mundane, the very concrete, and then there's transcendental cure. So that sounds like she gave you one of those to kind of make the separation. I'm not sure exactly where that line was put, but yeah. um, I will tell you the thinking behind that is that this is children adults right this right. is the relationship of who are the adults and you don't want your children to be running the house right. basically yes so there's that principle like you're the adults and the ideal position is like if you walk in the front door and this would be true if you go upstairs too you want the primary bedroom to be far left or far right far left being your wealth and prosperity which is your power mm-hmm. corner mm-hmm. or your far right is your relationship. And so that's, you know, that's about your love relationship. A lot of places have one or the other and people go, oh, can I be in my wealth and prosperity? So it's probably the most powerful position you can be in, right? Right. And that the kids would be closer to the front of the house. So as adults, we're more private. The ideal is like if everybody's up on the second floor, for instance, they could be more back, but you would always have them more in the front of the house and as adult have the back corner. Yes. Okay. So that's the thinking. That's balancing the relationship. Because I will tell you, I've worked with clients where they let the kids rule the house Mm -hmm. and I could see it. And then when I tried to arrange it so the kids were no longer ruling the house, they had a problem. (gasps) Because they were used to being in charge, yeah. And then they think there's something wrong with the feng shui. Yeah. I've had that happen where somebody didn't like that their child was upset because suddenly they weren't able to run the house. And we're talking about like three, four, five-year-olds. Yeah. Because they got it, right? They're like, mm, we don't like this. Right. We're going to like really. Right, right. <laughs> okay, I just have a few more questions for you. First, okay. what brings you the most joy when working with feng shui? Oh, wow. I don't know. It brings tears to my eyes. I'm a people person, and um, I have the capacity to really tune in to, you know, I have a big heart, and it's about love for me. The work that I do is about love, and I'm all about people being 
the best version of themselves. I've done a lot of coaching. I've done a lot of mentoring. I've done, I mean, it's just kind of who I am. I'm of service. So what brings me joy is when somebody comes in and they're like, oh, you know, and I just see their light come on. Like that's an inside job, but we're working on the outside and ha- see them have the ha moments, go have the relationship they want, go like go live the life they're meant to have, make career choices. Because when people come to me, they're stuck in some way. Mm. And I don't know, I always say, I don't know what this is going to look like for you. Like if they're saying, how do we do this? I said, I don't know. We're going to do this work. I can't tell you where this is going to go, but I know wherever it's going to go is going to be, it will be the best results for you, mm. right? Like out of this, because it's coming from them. I don't impose any, I mean, I say yes and no and make recommendations, but I'm always like, it's about them in their space. And using that as a tool, you know, there's lots of energy workers and they use different modalities. My modality happens to be space, but ultimately um, it makes me cry. I'm really about, I just want you to be the best version of yourself and to see the joy and the light and the energy come back and people are living their lives fully. I, you know, that just fills me up. Right. And it's beautiful. Like, by the way, trust me, I love beautiful spaces. Yeah. I'm very art and decorative minded, but the decoration is not my design. It's working with them. So when they have these beautiful homes reflect who they are, that's a total artwork for me. Mm. Right. That's my canvas. Yeah. And uh, having all those pieces come together is just. And it makes me cry when you ask me. That. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Fills me up. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. When it comes to your home, how would you describe your home in three words? <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> in the house where I am now, when I first saw it, so seven years ago, looked at 40 houses, exhausting, and drove into the driveway and said, yes, Ooh. say yes. Yeah. So if I think about what it was about, yes, it was right size. There's so many houses that are just way too big, right? Uh It's very inviting and we love having people come to entertain. So there's that aspect. Mm. I also want people to feel comfortable, right? So our home is that way. It's inviting. It is beautiful. I mean, it's just light and airy and it's inviting when people come in, but they feel at home here. That's so important for me. I feel that way, but that they feel that way means a lot to me. Well, that's the vibration that you give off yourself. So it's no wonder (laughs) that you were drawn to your home. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love that. What is something from your childhood home back in our West Hartford days? What's something from your childhood home that you now continue in your own space? Wow. When I think about growing up, all the years I lived there, the things I remember most was sitting around the dining room table, having people come and uh, having, you know, great conversations. And, you know, I don't know if the food was great or not sometimes, yeah. but, you know, it was, yeah. it was what it was. But that the idea of that coming together. And when we have people over, you know, my family's growing, I'm going to be a grandmother, by the way. Oh, congratulations. And so, you know, I married my husband, he has two sons, I didn't have kids, I have this extended family. And when they come over, nothing makes me happier than creating this space where we end up sitting at the dining room table for hours. We don't go into the living room. That's kind of the way it was in the way I grew up. Yeah. Like we had a living room that was very formal, or we would start there, right? Yeah. But we always ended up just hanging out in the dining room. And so that I realized, I thought about that a lot. And I said, yeah, I just recently had that where 
we hang out here and we have the best conversations and just get filled up, mm, you know? Yeah. Makes me happy. Oh, I bet it does. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, my final question to you. So our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. What does being home mean to you? Uh, I would say homes mean many things to many people, right? But there's a heartbeat in our homes. In fact, that's what I try to get to. Like, it's a live energy. Like, I know the world is crazy and everything like that. But, like, the ideal is we have a place that we can come home to, be ourselves, relax, get restored, uh, live our life. And really what I'm getting at in the work is that ultimately that sense of self that was talking about, is like that true inner peace. Like, come home and be in that inner peace in our home. Uh, we feel safe and protected. And again, I know this crazy time, but that's what home means. And we have a place to come home. We get to be who we are and get restored so we can go back out into the world. That home where the heart is allows us to get to be who we are. That is my hope. And that is my goal when I work with people yeah. to have that experience and love their home, like love their home. That's what home is for me. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for having me. It's a total pleasure. What a joy it has been to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you. For me, too. Yeah. Yeah. To learn more about Kate, including how you can work with her, visit her website at kate-mckinnon.com. That's Kate spelled with a K and McKinnon spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N. Or you can find her on Instagram at Feng Shui Kate. Visit our show notes for more information and direct links. You can also discover other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with interior designer Leanne Ford, Hawaiian high seer Kimo Capano, and another Feng Shui expert, Christina Hollinger. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.